Boker Tov, everyone. Boker Tov. Today is the 29th day of Shvat, Erev Rish Chodesh. We're going to uh, be continuing on here on the latter part of the chapter number 25 in Tanya and uh, explaining the idea, the concept, that essentially every Jew is ready to um, give up, sacrifice their life for Hashem. And here goes the 424 if you're ready to die as a Jew, why not live as a Jew? Right? It's more convenient. It's more convenient, <laughs> but it, it's seemingly much easier. Words, it's much easier to overcome a temptation than to have to give your life. And if you're ready to give your life, not to bow to the idol, surely we should be able to overcome any other temptations that come our way during our lifetime with the argument, hey, this is katanalai, it's small for me. It's what? Katan alai. I don't know what it means. Katan means small, alai on me. Meaning to say that this temptation is insignificant for me because I am here ready to give my whole life for Hashem, every Jew. And not only that, to stay away from sin, but also to do every mitzvah, to overcome laziness. That, For example, to exert oneself in prayer, to exert oneself in Torah, where the body gets lazy, doesn't want to put the effort in or to do a mitzvah. And we could say to ourselves, one second, what's the difference between staying away from sin and doing the positive? You know, when we do the mitzvah, we're connecting to the unity of God. It's a sign that there's only one God. Now it's pretty black and white. Either our next move is going to announce that God is one, or our next move is going to announce that I am, I am uh, separate from Hashem. The question is, which one do I want to choose? Right? So therefore, as soon as we do the mitzvah, we're connecting our godly soul for a God to God eternally. And that's what he says in today's Tanya. In the upper spheres, this union between the soul and God is eternal. For God, blessed be He, and His will transcend time. And thus, the union with God and His will also transcend time and is eternal. So as you do that mitzvah, that act is an eternal act. You're uniting with God forever. Not only when you do the mitzvah, so too even in this world, his revealed will, as is expressed in his word, the Torah is also eternal. Page 84 in the Chayenu. As is written, But the word of God shall stand forever. And his words live and endure eternally. And he will never alter or exchange his law. Since the revelation of God's will, as expressed in the Torah, is beyond time, the union of the soul with God, that Torah and mitzvot effect, is likewise eternal. So basically, think about it. Everything we do normally in life is temporal, right? You buy a car, temporal. How long is the car going to last? Okay, it might depreciate less, it might depreciate more, but it's, it's, it's temporal. The same is true of a horse, if you buy a horse. If you buy a horse, if you were born in 1918, <laughs> you buy a horse, it's temporal. But, when you do a mitzvah, the mitzvah is eternal. Ah, but then what happens if a person decides to change their direction and not do mitzvot, to change to do something wrong? So up there it's eternal, down here, says Al-Tarebbe, here below, however, this union 
is within the limits of time. For in this world, the soul is under the dominion of time. And the soul is united with God only while it is engaged in Torah, study, or in the performance of a mitzvah. By the way, what about when you go to work? Are you united with God's will at that time? Of course you can be united as long as you have the right approach to work. I'm working so that I can give a lots of charity, so that I can have a nice Shabbos table, so that I can perform God's commandments and support my family to keep Torah mitzvot. So then your whole work becomes united with God because it's all under one line. When you go to sleep, so you can have more power to be able to learn and daven and do mitzvahs. When I go exercise so that I can keep my body healthy, so that I could serve God with joy. When I make a lot of money to serve Hashem, this week's parsha talks about gold, silver, they needed it to donate to the temple. To build the shul, God willing to build a third temple, we're going to need to have uh, lots of money. So all these things can be elevated and could be all in unison with God. Now here he says, but if you don't have those intentions, if he engages afterwards in anything else, he becomes separated here below from the supernal union. That is, if he occupies himself with absolute unnecessary matters, that are no way useful for the serv- in the service of God. Work, of course, to make money is useful in the service of God, right? But if a person just completely decides to completely do things that have no, they're not ne- necessary at all. Right, like spend the weekend in Bourbon Street. And where? Bourbon Street. What is that? New Orleans. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Well, that part of. The if you're if you're over there because you know somebody who. You know somebody's over there that is down and out, and you want to pull them out and help them. So right there, you've spent this. The, the, the previous Rebbe once spent the whole Friday night in a bar with a bunch of people drunk. Why was in the bar Friday night? Because he had a meeting with this eccentric Russian minister who needed to nullify a uh, decree. And this guy said, I can only meet you Friday night. <laughs> Imagine, you meet Friday night, and you have to go to some place, and he could have... And, and he couldn't go anywhere. There was no places to stay. And it was freezing with his coat. He was frozen in Russia in the middle of the winter. The only place he could go into was a bar. He walked into a bar. You can imagine how he was, the Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, on a Friday night in a bar in Russia, what that scene it looks like. And he sat there for probably, like, until, I think, until after Shabbat was over. So that itself, he wasn't not the most uh, kosher, holy place. But he was there. He was in union with Hashem at the entire 24 hours, right? It all depends why you're there and what you're doing there. Alpha became, right? As you know, this famous story where the rabbi and the priest and the, the, the Muslim sheik were all playing poker. And it was at the times that it was forbidden. They come in and they go to the the, the, oh, the police come in. And police come in and they see the gambling. you're gambling. And the sheikh says to himself, "God, please forgive me. I'm gonna have to say a light line." Did, were you gambling? No, I was not. They go to the priest. He says, uh, "God, forgive me. I'm gonna have to say a lie." The priest says to the police, "No, I was not gambling." And they ask the rabbi, "Were you gambling?" He says, "With who?" <laughs> With whom? How's that? That's a real. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no delay on the on the on the. Vishav <laughs> <laughs> For the laugh. 
ומבקש מחילה מהשם על שהיה אפשר להעסיק בתירה, אז בתירה ולעסק השם יסלחלה. Nevertheless, when he repents, let's say he was on that street for the wrong reason, and he resumes his service of God through Torah study or prayer, and he asks for forgiveness. No, he just did something maybe not negative, but it was just waste of time. Let's say politics, just sitting there getting involved with politics. Right? And then he service of, and then he repents, he resumes his service of God through Torah study of prayer, and he asks forgiveness of God for not having studied Torah at the time of his occupation in vain matters when he could have done so. What happens? God forgives him. As it says, as our sages said, if one neglected to perform a positive precept, Gemara Yuma says, and repented, He's pardoned for, for with, forthwith, and is thus reunited even here below with God and His will. So when you do a mitzvah, it's an eternal connection. Down here, only at a time in the mitzvah, when a person turns to other things, separates that the connection is, is not there anymore. But when he does tshuva, right, then he right away goes back to being connected. And that's why it's interesting. Why do we say three times a day, forgive us in davening? You ever notice that? Pardon us. The Amidah, three times a day we say, pardon us. One second. Once is enough. Because in between the morning service, the Mincha service, and the evening service, we fall into wasting our time. And that's a violating of a positive commandment of always being involved with Torah study. So we always ask God for forgiveness at every Amidah for those moments. It's very... For this reason, in other words, because such a request for forgiveness is immediately effective in reuniting the soul to God so that it will not be parted from Him even momentarily, the sages ordained that the blessing begin, beginning, forgive us, in which we beg for forgiveness for the sin of neglecting the study of the Torah, be recited as often as three times daily since no one escapes the sin every sing, even a single day. Imagine, this is a mitzvah, a sin that everyone has every day. What is that? That every given moment... We're supposed to be studying Torah if we're not involved with something that's absolutely necessary. This blessing, a pardon us, is like the daily burnt offering sacrificed in the Holy Temple that atoned for neglect of the positive precepts. Says the Alter Rebbe, yet it may be argued since this sin is repeated constantly, begging forgiveness for it is similar to saying, I will sin and repent. Sin and repent. When someone says, I'm going to sin now so that later I'll repent. <laughs> the rabbis say, our sages have said, what is the statement about this in the Gemara Yuma? That in such a case, God does not grant the sinner the opportunity to repent. Why? You know why? Because then, the only person, the reason why the guy is sinning is because repent. So the repentance is part of the sin. So then God doesn't let him repent. Why then should the request beginning forgive us be effective in the case of neglecting Torah study? In other words, as if we're, we're planning our day. Okay, I'm going to ask God for forgiveness three times today for all the sins I've done three times. So then it's like you're planning the sin so then if God doesn't let you get forgiveness. Al-Tareb now differentiates between the two cases. Al-Tareb will explain it's only when while you're sinning you have in mind to repent. But most people, the average person, he's not thinking about repenting while he's sinning. He's just sinning and then remembers later. This is not the same as saying, I will sin and repent, sin and repent, unless at the very time when one commits the sin, he relies on subsequent repentance and sins 
because of it, as explained elsewhere. Since he perverted the idea of repentance by using it as an excuse for sinning, he's not given the opportunity for practice it. By the way, one second. however, in our case of the oft-repeated sin of neglecting Torah study, the offender does not rely on tshuva at the time of his sin, and he is therefore granted the opportunity to ask for forgiveness thrice, three times daily, in the blessing, Slach lanu, forgive us. By the way, even the person who lied on sin, on, on repentance, could also do tshuva. Just he's not maybe helped to do tshuva, but he could push through and still do. Nothing stands in the way of teshuva. That's why Jews have a hard time pulling in the mafioso. The mafioso, why? Because they go out and kill them so they can go to confession. <laughs> that doesn't work in the, in the, in the Yiddish kite. Um, anyway, so the bottom line is, yeah. great is repentance that it brings the redemption. It comes speedily now. Amen.